As we welcome you back to the Two Guys Named Chris show, before Lisa Lanier joins us, we have Steve on the line. And we're just talking about this incredible story out of California, we think, where some guys walk into a 7-Eleven. One guy walks into a 7-Eleven and starts throwing tobacco products, cigarettes and whatnot, into a huge garbage can. And it's just going to drag it out. And... The bystander says, let him go now. Just let him take whatever he wants. You know, that's just wait for the police. Yeah, wait for the police. Well, instead, some uh, 7-Eleven workers take a broom and give him the business end of it numerous times. Bam, 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 bam. And just beat him to a pulp. Let him go. Ain't nothing you can do, man, until the police come in. Don't do that. Don't do that, man. Don't do that. So they, they beat him down. At the end. 25 lashes. Yes. At the end, the guy who was robbing the store after he'd been beat to a pulp said, hey, man, can I at least get a soda? Give me something. <laughs> and crawls away. Now, uh, we have, I think this is such an interesting thing because I agree, you have to teach your employees, just let them take what they want. Otherwise, you could get hurt. The company would be liable. You know, you, And they wind up getting fired for beating this guy up sometimes. That happens. But at the same time, and I think Dave pointed this out, you know, you're you're there and it's like a human reaction to do something. You know, you don't want to get right. walked all over. And everybody, the criminals seem to know that the employees can't fight back. Their policy is not to fight back. So they just go in and steal stuff. Mm-hmm. We have Steve on the line who is a pharmacist at a store in Lexington, North Carolina, and somebody came in. He's telling his story now. So go ahead, Steve. Down in Lexington, North Carolina, there was a pharmacy robbery attempt. And the two guys popped in with the guns right in our employees' faces. Well, I was the pharmacist who happened to be armed. And when you have a gun in your face and right in your employees' face, you have to do what you have to do. Um, I was able to, once the guy saw me with my gun, he fired at me and I got grazed. Um, it was all over the news, but I was able to fire back. And I did what I had to do to protect myself and my employees. I told that, in the, I did one news interview it was all over the news, but I said, that's all I'm doing. But I, I'm to this day, hate what I did to a point, but I don't hate what I did. I had to do what I felt like was necessary to basically protect everyone. And I, I don't really have any regrets. We're, we're still waiting on results of the criminal charges. And so that's been three months. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's gotten to the point, the, the brazenness of these people nowadays, people are going to have to step up because you can't always have the police but i will give kudos to the lexington police department and the first responders they were there in about literally 45 seconds but if you own a place if you own a place what do you tell your employees to do if you have no connection to it you own a drugstore what do you tell them to do do you tell them to protect you the stuff or do you tell them let them take it we have two choices and we've been told the two choices give them the primary thing give them what they want Mm -hmm. don't argue with them don't do anything. Give them what they want. In my situation, with, like I said, a gun a foot and a half from the girl's face, uh, the criminals had records. We found out long records, felonies. Uh, they they were there for a purpose. I did what I felt I had to do instinctively. Like I said, I don't want to have to ever do it again, but the situation called for me to do what I needed to do to at least present a weapon and protect ourselves. And since they fired at me, I had to fire back. But what you want to do is give them 
what they want. Now, I get some mixed signals from Steve because yeah. he says, I had to fire, but give, everything give they them want. what they want. Now, he did get fired upon. Lisa Lear is our official attorney of this program. She'll weigh in on this. Lisa, it's such a, uh, to me, a conundrum when you're an employee of a place and somebody comes in to rob it. You're taught, give them what they want, but uh, isn't it? Don't you think there's something in our DNA that says fight back? Isn't the, don't you think I would defend uh, my employee for fighting back? What are your thoughts? Yeah, for sure. I think there's a natural instinct, and if you're armed, mm-hmm. you know, like the pharmacist was, you know, of course you're, you know, you have that ready capability. The reason these stores have these policies is for the protection of their employees and the public, because that could have easily gone a different way. You know, if that perp had been a better shot Mm -hmm. then the pharmacist would you know that was grazed could be dead you know and so it could have gone quickly from instead of giving them what they want to you know you know it ended up great you know and thank goodness but i I mean i see both sides like the employee but also why the store wants to protect everybody because it could easily go a different way but Mm -hmm. it's you know it's like the the guy's beating the 7-eleven robber oh my gosh i know i watched that over over that's just good stuff you know (laughs) that's why she's the best lawyer there is she watches that video for fun she's like look at that guy get beat up it's great you know bad guy but you you can see why i mean you know i get it i I get the instinct Uh, i'm sort of one of those people that i have a you know a fight instinct and i have done stupid things to protect people but you know it it could easily go a different way you know that's the problem and that's why these employers come down I think it's terrible when they fire these people, but I certainly think the policies are mm-hmm. are there for good reason. And there have been lots of instances where somebody tries to fight back and then all the customers and employees get shot. Yeah. You know? yeah. This, this may be an unfair question to ask you, Lisa, but you're the smartest person in the room. You know, as Biggie's alluded to, we've seen people go into department stores, drug stores, and simply just empty the shelves with almost impunity. In five years' time, we'll the retail world will be different in 10 years time will the retail world look different didn't they just open a, like a cv it's or walgreens where everything's behind glass yeah it's uh, yeah, yeah. A, a lot of your west coast where a lot of this happens yeah uh, your walgreens your cvs it's wild people have been taking videos as you go in the store yeah it's like two or three aisles that's it yeah. and everything is locked up mm-hmm. you have to be i need hemorrhoid cream yeah. please <laughs> seriously <laughs> Especially and stuff that can be used you know they, they already lock up stuff that can be used to make meth you know and yeah. that's kind of yeah. a but they also are having to lock up high-dollar items. One of the weird high-dollar items that gets stolen all the time is, is baby formula. That's, mm-hmm. all, that's usually locked up. Yeah, it yeah, is. It's, it's mm-hmm. makeup and baby formula. When I used to buy baby formula, you'd mm-hmm. have to go to the counter. When my kids were young, you have to go to the counter to, to find that. Like your cartons of cigs. Yeah, exactly. My wife had a bad latch. and we had Excuse to do, me? Bad latch. My, my son couldn't on her latch door? on her breast. Oh. <laughs> and we couldn't... Uh, <laughs> On her breasts and her cigarettes. We couldn't get either one to work. So cigs and, and... If she were here, she'd start hitting you with a broom. <laughs> 50 times. I told you not to tell anyone. <laughs> and lads. He'd be deserving of it. get it right. I know. Do you think in that, in that pharmacy store, I don't want to get too deep into it, but do you think that if the perpetrator didn't see that gun on the pharmacist, he would have shot? I, 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 I don't know. I mean, he, a, see, he, he said he saw the gun on Yeah, me. and then shot. I don't yeah. think they want to shoot. I think they I don't want, either. I think they want to show a gun... And then so did it, it, escal- and steal. Did it yeah. escalate and it didn't have to. Maybe. Maybe that's all. That's, the- I think that's what that's almost what I thought the pharmacist's point was. I mean, it sounded like, you know, he saw mm-hmm. he said he saw my gun. So then he fired, you yes. know, like that's what that's the exact reason that mm-hmm. these stores right. don't want us to fight back as employees. They they want 
because it, it can escalate the situation. But this one, this time it worked out great. And, yeah. and thank goodness. Yeah, great. As a 16-year-old former pharmacy employee, I did not fight back. No, he did not. It did not occur to yeah. me to fight back. Well, you don't have that in you. You are a, he is a... I got Dave Arms. I, and I will let them have it. Biggie yeah. legs. That's right. Chris, what could you do? Beat him with a rolled-up penthouse magazine? It, yeah, that's right. He had, I, could, I could show them the centerfold. He had... Uh, Chris Tim was... If you don't know this, he had a gun, what, three guns, put in his face. Well, there were four guys total. One yeah. guy watched the door. Yeah. Two robbed the pharmacy in the back of painkillers, and one had a sawed-off shotgun on me, and he robbed the cash register. And Chris Tim was 16 years old when this was going on. He was working at a mom-and-pop drugstore mm-hmm. in Richmond, Virginia. And I, to this day want to because i believe so much in the goodness of humanity want to have a reunion of those four people and Kristen in this room without telling Kristen. maybe on Kristen's last day we'll say guess 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 who we've got this is your life this is your life look who's here look who's here they used to play the audio first bang 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 (laughs) i know oh my friends from the pharmacy here's scar here's eight ball here they're coming in but with all four of these guys with weapons not one of they didn't fire a shot right you know because we acquiesced there was only two of us in the store and four of them i think that's what they want they don't want anything messy they just want to get their drugs no, they and want go, to get and get right yeah. and that i would think almost always uh lisa there's a couple of food stories here today as well we've talked about this case once before it's making it's uh, it's gone to another level a court has denied texas pete the hot sauce maker's request to dismiss a lawsuit now texas pete is made here in winston-salem north carolina but a guy named philip white bought texas pete out in california thinking it was made in texas why did he think that it's called texas pete and so he is suing Texas Pete Hot Sauce, saying that is a false advertising claim, and it has not been dismissed, at least through one round of the courts. This is bad news for Texas Pete, Lisa. It is, yeah. And I think these, this kind of lawsuit is just absolute BS, but it is going to go forward. Mm-hmm. And I think, unfortunately, the manufacturer of Texas Pete is going to have to end up paying some money. They filed it in California. California has an extremely low bar mm-hmm. with regard to misleading products and the burden of proof and the judge wrote in uh in her opinion it was a huge like 45 pages or something opinion about the on the motion to dismiss and motion to dismiss is early on in the case and it says look just on the face of it this is bs throw it out Mm -hmm. and uh but the judge's ruling gives a real foreshadowing of kind of where this is going to go and she really went off on it and said you know you've got the texas flag you've got the word texas and you have nowhere on there that it says it's manufactured in north carolina they have on the reverse side yes on the back we put it on the back what she said in her opinion was they have the address but it doesn't say manufactured there it just has the address Ah. and so i think they i think looking at her opinion i think that if they had just had the words manufactured in winston-salem instead of just winston-salem it would have it made a huge difference in her opinion but, um, but yeah, I think it's really unfortunate. I mean, this what's the harm, you know, that this guy thought it was made in Texas? Yeah, Come gonna, on. It's not going to taste yeah. any different because it was made in Austin. Well, right. no, but, you know, if you say, I mean, what is a, okay, let's, what, what uh, clam chowder is known for what? Like Chesapeake, right? New England. New, New England. England. So yeah. if I say, well, I guess not a good example, but if I say, if I have a product called New England's own clam chowder and I make it in Topeka, Kansas, yeah. isn't that a little bit of false advertising? I mean, well, that's you know that's to the guy's point. And this is an interesting thing. The Texas Pete recipe is actually a Louisiana style yep, hot yep, sauce. Yep. Not, yeah. yep. I, don't, I don't know that we really have a North Carolina hot sauce. No, you know, I mean they no. do like the ghost pepper, uh, but, but you know, didn't they do? Now, last time we talked about this, didn't we find out they were going to call it like 
Mexico Moe's or something, and the guy wouldn't. Uh, am I right on this? Something Mexico like that. Joe or Mexico, Mexico Joe's. Yeah. Yeah, and the guy said, I'm not going to do that. That's going to make me sound like a racist, and I'm not going to do it. So he called it Texas Pete. And that's. Yeah, and it's named after his kid, too, right? And his grandson or something is named Pete. Okay, uh, right. And that's so, so. And all these years later. But I'll tell you, you can call me Nambly Pambly. We do. And you do. But I. And it, this next story is the same way. A guy is suing Taco Bell over the amount of filling in his food. Because he got, what did he get? A, Mexican, a, pizza. Mexican pizza. The pizza, the Mexican pizza. And that middle layer, which Biggie is so familiar with, <laughs> did not have enough beans or beef in it for his taste. Biggie's middle layer was very similar for a while. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't know that with the Mexican pizza. Mm-hmm. He's changed his ways. That's, That's right. He was full of beans and beef. That's right. That's right. So this guy said, hey, I see it on your advertising, and it's just chock full of beans and beef. And then I get it in the store, it's not even close. And I'm the only one screaming into the wind on this. What did Chris Tim call it? Quixote-esque. Yeah. <laughs> Don Quixote. I'm just mm-hmm. flailing, the windmills. flailing into the windmills. But I believe that that's false advertising. When you show it to be perfect and you get there and there's less food in it. Does this guy have any chance of winning his class action lawsuit, Lisa? Well, he, he filed in the second best venue mm. behind California. He filed in New York, where mm. they also have a pretty low bar with regard to these things. But it's interesting, like with images... They have not made an overt representation as to like how many grams of beef or whatever are in it. So it's a little bit harder to prove. But if he can prove that they grossly inflated the amount of meat in their advertising versus what you get, I mean, then he could he could win that easily. Yeah, I mean, because it is New York and he but he's got to prove it. And that's a little bit harder where they haven't said, you know, it's eight grams or whatever. But I mean, I can almost see this a little bit more than the Texas Pete thing, because, you know, like this guy, the, the plaintiff said, look, you know, I'm on a fixed income. Mm-hmm. I'm paying six, seven dollars for this Mexican pizza, and I need it to have some beef on it. You know, I mean, I can, I could see, like, you know, I need to, what I expected, what I was shown. Yeah. I could see that a little bit sooner than I could see. Well, he said it years ago. Said, "Where's the beef?" You know, you're all, y'all remember yeah, that? Where's the, oh, yeah. where's the beef? And 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 the Taco Bell, donde esta la carnada, is what we'd say, <laughs> right? Where is the beef in my Mexican pizza? Well, I'm glad you're sort of on my side on this. These three were like, well, quit your bitching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So take a look at an Arby's roast beef sandwich and then open one up. That's right. But I don't <laughs> the think The greatest right. fast you know, food disappointment ever. advertising. It's they, you know, they hire food stylists to make the food look better than it really looks. You know, yes. I mean, that's, yes. that, and that's to be expected. So I think it's a little bit, it's still, I'm still looking at it, you know, side eye. But I. That's right at you. That's right at me. But I don't think, so you've said, and we had this with a Burger King case a year ago, and same with Arby's. We have just come to say, okay, that's just advertising. But by golly, it shouldn't be that way. We should stand up and say, we won't take this. Show me what the roast beef sandwich really looks like. You know? Yeah, I know. It should be real. Consumer rights advocate right there. You are a consumer rights advocate. Thank you. I am. And I said this the other day. When you've got ice cream on the screen, you have to put in big letters, this is actually lard. This is not ice cream. (laughs) This is plastic. That's right. This is what your butt will look like if you eat this. That's right. That's right. (laughs) But at least the Texas Pete thing, it's just, I think it's way out. We got it. Are they going to be able to keep the name Texas on there? I'm not going to be putting Pete on my eggs, am I? Oh, just Pete. I'm not putting Pete on my eggs. A bottle of Pete, yeah, red Pete. What do you want else? They may be able to solve it by putting manufactured in North Carolina. You want ketchup or Pete? Yeah. Give me some Pete. He's flavorful. Sprinkle a little Pete on these eggs. Oh man, that won't work. One more food story. It involves bananas, and one of our great entertainers, Lizzo. 
Whew. Man. Yeah. A couple of her backup dancers say that she was really tough on them, abusive, mentally, uh, verbally, took them to a sex show in Amsterdam's red light district where the women there had bananas in their front butt, their back butt, and they were forced <laughs> to eat these bananas. One of them said she was forced to pee herself because she stayed on stage so long. Lisa Lanier, what? Have you been there? Oh. How, how, how much? <laughs> You're a world traveler. Indeed. <laughs> well, I've never been, never been to Amsterdam. Um, never, never eaten a banana out of anybody. Okay. Okay. Is it on your calendar? Okay. <laughs> it's the worst banana split I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The bar is called the banana bar. Right? It is. It is. Yeah. How much does Lizzo have to worry about this? Now she's she's claiming uh, these are disgruntled employees. Go ahead. So these three dancers, I got to tell you, they. I mean, you know, it's sort of to me like if you take a job in a strip club and then you go, gosh, there were some morally offensive things happening in there. Mm-hmm. You know, it just seems a little. You're working for Lizzo. You know what I mean? It's not like. Okay. It's not like you're working. You know, it's not like you're working for Mother Teresa. You know what I mean? You're right. just going to. Yeah. But it also seemed to me like I mean, they some of this stuff was a bit of a stretch. Like she, they they filed this under California law where obesity is considered a protected status. You cannot discriminate against someone because they're overweight. What? And it, unemployment law. About? Yeah. <laughs> what? So one of the girls. One of the girls said Lizzo fat shamed her, which is kind of ironic, right? Yep. But um, so she says that what but what she says with the fat shaming was that Lizzo said after a show, you know, I don't think you're taking your job, your role on this tour very seriously anymore. Hmm. And she said that that was an inference about her weight. I just think that's a real stretch. I mean, I think these when you got down into the nitty gritty of what these ladies said, you know, like the, the event in Amsterdam at the banana bar was not mandatory. They didn't they were not required to go. Uh-huh. You know, okay. it was an after party that Lizzo threw after the show. Okay. You know, if you get into the nitty gritty of this stuff, it seems like a money grab. To okay. Me. But All right. Think, but I do think Lizzo will end up settling these. She's a good businesswoman. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want this attention. She's going to move on and, and pay them a little bit of money and move on. But but we have talked about this before, Lisa. She may never shake this that's right. story. She'll always be mm-hmm. in a banana, banana banana That's right. I, I think they'll always think about bananas with her now. Yeah, you will. But, I mean, does that really hurt her, really? I mean... You know, she's kind of, no. she's a big, you know, out there kind of, you know. <laughs> I can't stay mad at her. <laughs> doggone it, she's good in concert. She's too good. I like her and I like bananas, she's doggone just it. too good, you know. <laughs> right, right. I'm off bananas right now. Too high in oh, sugar. Right. Too high in sugar oh, for right. me. I'm sorry. I just can't do them right now. Can you have Texas Pete? Yeah, I can have Texas Pete. Yeah, I know you can't have Mexican pizza. Uh, no, you can't have Mexican pizza. I have a little Texas Pete. Out of this docket, what can you eat? <laughs> Texas Pete. <laughs> That's the only thing I can eat on this whole dog.